Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 216. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling good today, energized. I was a little down the last few, I don't know, I've been a little, I think this COVID's getting me a little on the downside, but uh, I'm hearing a lot more ski stuff, so I'm getting a little more positive. And then when we connect, you know, we had a little more time for a little, you know, week or so. Um, I think this is, uh, it's good to come back, you know? Yeah, it's always nice to get back and to record another podcast. And this is actually a special one for you. This is your last podcast as a single man. So ladies, my number is 1-800. (laughs) 1-900-CALL-ME-GIRLS. 1-800-YOU-MISSED-OUT. You missed out. Uh, There's still time. There's about... (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say I release this podcast uh, Friday afternoon. There's, you know, a solid 26 hours. I'm getting married at like sunset. So there's a whole day. Saturday is the whole day. Like I have, I go to the beach and you never know what's going to happen at the beach. This is true. Just saying. Under the boardwalk. Uh, the funniest thing is Melanie, my fiance, she comes out and says to me like Monday, she's like, whatever five, she's like, you know, you have five days to change your mind. And you know, normally you shake it off. I was like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for telling me. I, I, I feel so much better now. I have five days to think about it. <laughs> She didn't like that answer, but I thought yeah. it was pretty funny. The first of many answers she won't like over the exactly. Got to get her used to it. But no, congratulations! <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be cool. Excited for you guys. Sorry we can't be there, but again, you know, life is a stupid, annoying place right now. But yeah, but I understand you guys. You know, I'm t- it's it's all good. I mean, with stuff that's going on, and I know you have the the new little bam, uh, bambina on the way. Was it bambina? Yeah, sure. Why not? Whatever. What do they say in German for baby? Baby girl. Baby girl. I should know this, shouldn't I? Uh, baby girl, they say. You know, like, Mädchen is girl. Das baby girl. <laughs> you just had das, and it's it's fine, right? Well, das is gender neutral. It would be D. D baby girl. Yeah. D baby. Baby. That's like the rapper, the baby. That's the, that's the stupidest name. So Bodie's listening to, he loves that. Actually, that one song is pretty good, but I just see the name. I'm like, that's the dumbest fucking name ever. The baby. The baby. It is kind of cool, but it's kind of just stupid. Like, I don't know. If you're a rapper and you're like 15, the baby is great. Well, the problem is like when you're little anything, like eventually you're going to be an adult. <laughs> you know? That's you're right. Like, it's like, you know, like little Bow Wow just became Bow Wow. Because, you know, yeah. I want to be 36 and being little. It sounds kind of... Or you get gigantic, right? Like somebody that's really fat. And they're like, you can't call them little something, little anything. Well, it's ironic at that point, you know? Well, Lil' Kim isn't really little. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> she's just Kim. At this point, she's just Kim. Yeah. Das Tochterchen would be baby girl in German. God damn. Why don't you, you just say baby girl. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't roll off the tongue that easily. It doesn't eloquently roll off the tongue that easily. Nah, most German doesn't. German's a tough language. That's why we love it. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah, here we are. Another podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed the last one, 215. We had our interview with the three gentlemen who were instrumental in creating the Warren Miller Ski Bomb documentary. Dan, Patrick, and Jeff. Uh, we had a, a great time interviewing them. Yeah. We think it turned out really great. Hope you guys checked it out. If you didn't, 
you can just go to skibumpodcast.com and check it out there. Got the shop there as well, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. I know at one point I said another URL. I totally blew it. Someone Did actually you? called us out on it. It was pretty funny. I think I put it Damn. in the, uh, an Instagram post or something. Which is wow. Funny. So that site got a lot of business that day. That was a one day. Well, no, it was just I said <laughs> shop.skibumpodcast.com. So oh. really, I would think there would be some sort of redirect on our domain that would send them to the regular homepage but is that like the aliexpress version of (laughs) they have like some (laughs) bootleg ski up ski bump podcast apparel you'd be getting there (laughs) we're on the socials instagram twitter facebook we're at ski bump podcast more importantly we're on untapped ski bump podcast and ski bump podcast brian i think that's my correct handle I've yes. been sending out the wrong one on that too. I've really, mm. this summer has just been the summer of Brian as. Hey, we're putting your bums in ski bums, right? Like the bum part. I've, I've just, I've had my head so far up my ass this summer and uh, we're, we're ski bums. Sure. We're, you know, we're, we're a little bummy. We, we're not accurate all the time. We kind of fly by the seat of our pants. We don't have any interns. That's the problem. The listeners deserve better. They, they do. deserve they do. the best that we can be. And I know I've been slacking a bit and you know, I have excuses. No one wants to hear them though. No one wants to hear your bullshit. We're going to be stepping it up. I promise you that. I use the uh, same excuse I use for work. I was high. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Afro man. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. I didn't get that done because I was high. Because They're I'm, like, oh, I totally understand. Yeah. That happened to me last Tuesday. All good, my man. <laughs> Check us out. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Also, all you folks who are getting ready for ski season, we got new stickers Uh, that are out. Turned out really, really cool. Those are really sweet. I like those a lot. Got those. Those are fun. And then we got, you know, the standard ones that you want to put on your helmet and just stick all over chair lifts. And those are perfect sticker size. This is these are great urinal stickers. This is this is where you put them. Urinal on the cakes, right? <laughs> yeah, and the urinal. That's what we got to get urinal cakes. Oh, skip a podcast urinal cakes. We should make that happen. We're also on YouTube. Where else are we? I don't know. You'll find us. Thank you again. ITunes, Wherever you're Spotify, listening, you said all now, that. Pretty yeah. much. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. You know, we're in quarantine now. If you can get together with a friend and listen to us with that friend while you're on Zoom, you know, you're on on one screen, you're on Zoom. On the other one, you're you're listening. That's kind of cool, right? Start a ski bum pod. That's the key. There we go. You know, you got to start your pod. You kind of you're going to build herd immunity within your little pod. So that's that's right. I don't know of any ski bum podcast listeners that have coronavirus. So. I'm thinking this could be the immunity right here. Of the three we've spoken to outside of us, <laughs> none of them have it. None of them have it. 100% of Skiba Podcast listeners do not have COVID. We, that we know, yes. That we, we know. Heard. The ones that we know of. <laughs> we are not doctors, but we have heard that somehow our melodious voices going into your ears, getting into your brain, and then going through your respiratory system pretty much kills the coronavirus. Yeah. Based on no science, no evidence, no math, no anything. They don't need to pay millions for a vaccine. We're the audio vaccine right here. (laughs) The audio vaccine, bitches. So with that, 
let's kick this off like we always do. It's time for our pray today. Boom. So you want to start off? All right. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let me start off this week. There you go. Let's switch it up. So right now, we're recording this Thursday night. I I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Ryan. Sp- where were you supposed to be? Where were you supposed to be? Nowhere exotic. Nowhere fun. Well, somewhere. F- oh, no. That's an exotic place. It's exotic to some. Yes. To most, it is not. I was supposed to be in Connecticut today. Now, again, mm. Connecticut. The exotic, wonderful place of Connecticut. You just kind of it stops between between New York and Boston, really. I was supposed to go up there because that's where my in-laws live. And all I've wanted to do the past six, actually, probably since March, when all this shit went down, <laughs> all I wanted to do is go to goddamn New Haven and get pizza. And then go to Massachusetts and get some goddamn legal weed and then go to Treehouse Brewing and get some goddamn legal beer. Just a nice and little trip, right? Yeah, I was hoping to do it in March. And then I wanted to do it for Memorial Day. Then I wanted to do it for Father's Day. Then I wanted to do it for my birthday. And you know what? My plans got epic, just volcanic diarrhea all over every single time. Oh. And then this week, I had it all planned out perfectly. Thursday, drive up, get pizza, go to the in-laws, hang out, sleep. Next morning, go up, Massachusetts, get weed, get beer, come back. All perfectly planned. Everything looked great. Guess what? This goddamn tropical storm came through and like took out all these trees and branches and power lines. There's no power up there where I was going in Connecticut. Damn. I don't even know if the pizzeria has it. So there was no pizza that I was going to get. There was the destination we were not going to go to because I'm not going anywhere in the Northeast in the summer without air conditioning. Man, your world just crumbled. No, it's not even that it crumbled. It's just that your expectations and your hopes in 2020 will, will just get shit on. That's like exactly what this year has been doing to, to everything. Yeah. But so to celebrate all of that, I was going to go to the Treehouse Brewery. Brewery. What is a brewery? I don't even know. Brewery? I was going to say brewing or brewery and just brewery? said the lazy version said brewery. Brewery? Treehouse Brewing. So I did manage to wrangle one can up, a can that. called Treat, which is oh. a double IPA or Imperial IPA, whichever one you want to go with. And uh, this is from last fall. It looks like. And Treat is an Imperial IPA brewed by Treehouse to celebrate the autumn season and the accompanying Halloween holiday. Its flavors are a function of complex and carefully selected ingredients and experienced hands-on brewing application by utilizing enormous kettle and dry hop additions. We are able to coax clean and vibrant flavors of orange, lychee, mango, and grapefruit from a simple base of ingredients. Enjoy this treat. Hmm. You've earned it. Very nice. So I'm enjoying this because I've earned it apparently, according to the good folks at Treehouse. And I will tell you, it is nice. It is light. It's it's tasty. I don't know how long it's been in my fridge. Maybe a year, maybe two. I don't know. Aging. It's probably not at its peak. It's still really tasty. 
I will tell you why I knew something bad was going to happen this week and why what I wanted to do was not going to happen. Because for the last three days, I've been on Treehouse's website looking at the beers they've had available. And I'm like, awesome. I'm going to get a case of this. Awesome. I'm going to get a case of this. I had my four coolers all planned out, my ice packs. You were counting it too Whenever I get excited about something, about going somewhere, doing something, it's just like, oh, yeah. You excited for that? You there for that? Oh, it's not going to happen. It's like, go fuck yourself. It's just like, imagine you were planning to go out to Snowbird, like March 10th. You're like, I'm going out there on the 17th. Nice. You're looking at the trail map. We're going to go here. We're going to do the Cirque. We're going to go back to, you know, Gad Valley. We're going to ski here. We're going to do this. And you got everywhere you mapped out where you want to go. And then it's like coronavirus. Like, oh, you're not going anywhere. Sit home in your basement in Jersey. Go Killed yourself. you. Yeah. That's, that's just what this year has been. It's been like, look forward to all this stuff. And then not going to happen. Mm. But at least I have my beer right now. And to just play the hand you dealt because that's all one can do at this point. That's true. So that's my long-winded upright today. So how does that beer taste? Pretty goddamn good. I gotta tell you. Nice and cold I, mug. You got it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tasting the lychee. Or maybe I am. Maybe. I, huh. Maybe I'm such a basic bitch. I don't know what lychee tastes like. I thought that's I right. Did. He's just like I don't know what that tastes like. Bubble I haven't had a lychee too. in probably six years. With yeah, the big lychee martini phase when I was doing my uh, lounging and club kind of circuit time. That was the year phase you were. That was a fun phase. But yeah, a lot of lychee drinking, martini. Everybody had martinis back then. That was the golden age of the martini. Not the golden real age. martinis. Just like the, you know, the douchebag $26 version of the martini. Yeah. You know, I was with an old timer when I first got into the martinis. And I've talked about this before, but it's like you get an old timer be like, you know, what are you fucking Mary getting that thing? Like, why don't you get a goddamn regular gin martini? And a chocolate martini. What do you got? A heavy flow day? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got a goddamn with olives. That's it. That's fucking olives, gin. That's really all you're doing. A little touch of vermouth, which, you know, just show the bottle of vermouth to the, to the thing. And that's it. Don't even put it in. That's right. You know, uh, you basically bring just drinking gin at that point. So like that's how God I lo- learned to love gin. Man. It's like a man just fucking drinking gin straight. That's right. As long as it's uh, cold, it's delicious. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not picky these days. I'll drink warm gin. I give a fuck. Tastes a little more Christmas tree like. That'd be a good name for like a DJ. DJ Warm Gin. <laughs> DJ Warm Gin. Uh, nice. Yeah. All right, Mario, what do you got? So, mine, I will do. So, last night I did a little uh, brewery hopping just to check out to see on a Wednesday night what is still open in this town. There weren't so, power outages that kept you from going to your brewery of choice? There were not. So, while I'm in Florida, we didn't hey. get hit with any of the goddamn hurricane because I'm on the other side that got a little bit of it. I think you guys got the worst of it. Pretty there. much. It's yep. either that or you're just whiny bitches about everything. It's pretty goddamn bad up here. I gotta tell you, I've lost power like four times in the last two days. Damn. And I, we're like, we've had more power than most people just because a lot of people are like out, out and are going to be out for the next few days. So you're at maximum power. Some people aren't even, they're like trying to steal power right now. Listen, sometimes the fact that you live in a fancy neighborhood and pay higher taxes, they better fix our goddamn electric first. This right? is true. You pay that yeah. much in taxes, you better get that shit fixed or it shouldn't go down. Are people across the tracks, let them wait. 
<laughs> Let them wait. I got ribeyes in the freezer, bitch. That's right. Ribeyes will not go bad. Ribeyes. You like screaming at the electric company. Yeah. I have ribeyes, motherfucker. I have lobsters in there. They're frozen. <laughs> I have organs I've harvested from my enemies in my freezer. That's right. I can't I let them get my go. generator yet. Ah. Uh, all right. So I went to one of the places I went to was House of House of Beers in Dunedin. So I went to the little town of Dunedin, which is north of Tampa. Well, northwest, north of Clearwater. Um, and it's a great town because in like one or two square miles, there's like, I don't know, like eight or 10 breweries, something like that. Uh, so I went to like five of them, six of them yesterday. And House of Beer has this one called, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Splashing Around IPA. So it's like a, a light, fruity IPA. Um, not really that light, 6.9 ABV. Wow. Uh, so while I say light, I'm comparing it to like the 7.9, like the doubles and shit like that. Uh, but it was a little fruity, very nice. Um, yeah, good drinking beer. Uh, I got to say that that hit the spot and it was hot as balls out because we were sitting outside. Um, so that was my opry. I would say my opry yesterday. My opry today is I'm celebrating with a little Prosecco. Look at you from Costco, the Kirkland Costco Prosecco. And I what tell you what, this shit's Costco delicious. Do ah, but it's good, dude. You're preaching to the goddamn Costco choir here, my friend. You know that. So, if you want to know what it looks like, it looks like that. It's the purple label one, right? And uh, it's delicious. So, like, when I first tried it, I was like, oh, this is gonna suck. It's gonna be like something shitty. Um, because I like. Usually like a brute, um, <laughs> a brute champagne or, you know, it just sounds funny. I like a brute, brute, like a sparkling wine or whatever. But the Prosecco, if anybody doesn't know, it's Italian. So anything that's labeled Prosecco has to come from a part of Italy where the, where the grapes are grown. Um, so it's an actual Prosecco and they probably get somebody to, to just make it for them and, you know, grow it for them and produce it and then just label it. Um, but this actually rivals a lot of the Proseccos that you get in the store for like, you know, I'd say like 10 or 12 bucks. Uh, this thing is like six ninety nine. So if you're going to have a bunch of mimosas, you're going to have a little champagne party. This is great for mimosas, man. You just come out in the morning and just bam, mimosas. I don't, I don't remember eating, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but I did tell Brian, it is a little dangerous when you buy it by the case and then you're like, oh, we can just open another bottle. So you open a bottle and you're like, well, I don't really want to save it, you know? So it gets into trouble. Let's put it that way. Now you got all this Prosecco from Costco. Did you happen to get a saber for bottle opening from Costco also? You know, I thought about that, but there's a little bit of waste when you do the saber opening. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that. I don't like to waste anything. So I do have a fancy um, champagne cork puller. Mm -hmm. So after you take off the thing, you know, you could do it with your hands like a, like a caveman or you use this nice, fancy, you know, uh, silver looking, uh, you know, cork you, holder. You and just twister it, don't you? <laughs> and it, it holds the cork and you just twist it off. Boom. And then I have the recorker for champagne. It's like a spring loaded like top that you put on and it spring loads onto it. It's perfect. You got to have it to be like the look how prepared you are for all alcohol situations. You have to have that 
and it makes you look like such a douchebag, but everybody wants to know, oh my God, how do you know how to do this? So when I met Mel, she's like, how do you have this stuff? I didn't know this because that cork, you know, that cork re stopper, it's like stainless steel. It's nice. Um, put it on, chuck it in the fridge and it keeps everything like, because it compresses it that little, it keeps a little bit of the bubbles in mm-hmm. and it'll keep for like a few days. Well, when you were a single man and you were courting Melanie, I'm sure all your gadgets were very impressive to her. Yes. She still to this day is a little impressed by him, but, yeah. um, you know, once she sees how, you know, what it is, you know, after a while, like the mystery is going to run, you know, it becomes the norm. Exactly. You know, fancy becomes the norm. Highfalutin becomes the norm. And then you go somewhere and they don't have that. Like you go on, you know, a vacation or something like where's the cork puller? Where's the cork, the recork? You don't have that shit. Then you realize how Iraq, like what the hell is going on? That's when you realize you're highfalutin. That's when you made the transition. You're like, this is unacceptable. I can't drink this shit. You know, I've ascended. What do you mean? No, no crystal glass. I can't drink out of fucking glass. It's gotta be crystal. I remember when I first got one of those like rabbit bottle, like a wine bottle openers. I still haven't got one of those. Dude, those things are the goddamn best. My, I I had like a ghetto one. It was like a a knockoff one and it just recently broke. And I'm like, so I got to use one of those little key things. Like a, like I'm working Uh, at the Olive Garden. Yeah. that's I have that like German one that it's like, it's plastic, but it's just the, the, the corkscrew. He just keeps growing in. That thing works great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it has, you got to have a foil cutter. Like if you don't have a foil cutter, it's like not having a cigar cutter. Like if you don't have a cigar cutter, you should cut a cigar. What do you do? Bite it like an animal? Yeah, we all do it, but you want to cut it nice like a gentleman, you know? Yeah. It's little things that people need to pick up on, you know? True. If you want to be a proper highfalutin ski bum, there's certain things you have to do. There's a protocol. So this is what I teach Bodie. Like I'm joking. That's <laughs> what I teach Bodie when I'm home. This is how you open up a bottle of wine. You gotta impress. That's right. Do it right. You know, he's going on his first date at like you know 15. He's like, hey, would would you like this bottle of you know grape juice or whatever the sparkling grape juice? Sparkling grape juice. Now, if he had a saber to open it, that'd be impressive. Yeah, somebody's wasting, getting stabbed or cut. You're wasting That's grape juice. No one's gonna miss that. That's true. And he's not cleaning up. He doesn't clean up shit. So it's going to be all over the kitchen floor. Like, what'd you do? Oh, I had sparkling grape juice. Opened it with a saber. Yeah. Thanks, kid. (laughs) I know what he's getting for his birthday. Saber. Saber. That's the move. No, I think I know what I'm getting for my birthday is a saber. There you go. Go go to Costco. Get a three pack. They got to have them. They got to have sabers at Costco. Costco's got to sell some kind of sword or saber. What do you think? Samurai sword? For sure. Why wouldn't they? Speaking of Costco and things they don't sell, actually, very unfortunately, I've had beer for skiers. French French's mustard beer, brewed in collaboration with Oscar Blues Brewery. The condiment enhanced brew is ideal for summertime squiggles on a hot dog. After spending all morning catching up on the lift or talking about pizza and French fries, skiers are likely to grab ketchup when it's time to add a little something extra to their lunch. But the cool kids, those who pack their own ham sandwich or spent the better part of the ski day hot dogging around the hill, know that the stuff in the yellow bottle is where it's at. So Oscar Blues, who we are big fans of, 
Yes, they make good stuff. Their Good Night is one of my my favorite beers. I love that one. Haven't had it. And they're out of Colorado, right? They're out of Colorado. They have dropped the news. They are collaborating with French's Mustard for a new beer, which is pretty cool. It's pretty fucking awesome if you think about it. Dude, for sure. It's a tropical wheat beer brewed from French's Mustard and other natural flavors. Now, this is something that I think would be great with certain foods. But if you come home after a hard day, I don't know if I'm popping open a mustard beer. Right. This is more like a beer to be paired with like hot dogs. Like you're out at a barbecue. Boom. Having a mustard beer. Dude, how underrated is sauerkraut? Sauerkraut's good. You know, sauerkraut is so underrated. I actually got a big thing of sauerkraut from Costco. Of course. Of course. If you take that and you get a couple of onions and maybe if you're crazy, a little caraway seeds, maybe saute that in bacon grease and then put that on your sausages. You had me at bacon oh. grease. Oh, bacon grease, saute the onions, then put the crowd in there. <laughs> Why not? Boom, high fluting, duck fat it. A couple of caraway seeds, let that sit and hang out and uh, on the grill in like a, just like a, a little, little foil. foil. Oh. Yeah, a little foil packet. Throw that on any sort of sausage. It's so freaking good. And now, so here's the thing if put, you have put that beer. in a beer, put that yeah. in your, your concoction. So if you have this beer, right? You have a plain hot dog now with no mustard. You just be like, I got my mustard in the beer. <laughs> or what if right? you, can you marinate your hot dogs in this beer? Oh, that's a good idea. Right. Can you marinate hot dogs or does the skin kind of keep everything out anyway? Well, the marinade possibilities are great with this. So you do like a brisket with this beer, marinate it and then roast it. Yeah. Corned beef. Yeah, because a lot of times when you do like certain meats, like you put the mustard in there. So now you can just do the beer instead of doing beer and mustard. You just do this one beer and it's beer and mustard in one. Even a pulled pork this could work with. Oh, yeah. This has a lot of. So this this thing has legs. Uh, I think this is a good. Uh... And, you know, I said this to, to Melanie. She's like, oh, I love mustard. This would be a great beer. And I'm like. I think I'd like it with food. Like, I, I don't know if I just want to have it by itself. You know what I mean? But I have, I have to try it. I got to find well, it with be honest. The good folks at Oscar blues wouldn't make a gross, weird mustard beer. Yeah. You know? Like they're not going to make it taste so much like mustard that no one's going to want to drink it. They make good shit. So they're saying it's only going to be available in, in Boulder. Come on, man. And Brevard Brevard's their other brewery, right? North Carolina. Yeah. So saying August 1st, 2020 for a limited time. Longmont, Colorado. Longmont, Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to kill me that we can't get it here. My sister's in Boulder. Oh. Yeah, but now you got to call her and get her to try to send you some. That's a big That's a big ask. It is. I think she's coming back, though, next couple of weeks. So maybe she uh, You know, if it were smaller, it's hard to tell, you know, ask somebody, hey, can you bring like a 12 pack or six case of beer like that's fucking heavy even a six pack if you think about like you're traveling on a plane it's kind of a pain in the ass to bring that maybe one can you know that's very true that's why i gotta pack like golf bag like golf clubs yes a few beers in there oh screw that i'm gonna do uh what did i do craft beer sellers i think they might have one in colorado i gotta see if they can ship the uh ship that out let's get into the genjula we're rolling back into the gondola. 
Um, we both may allegedly have taken a gondola ride before the podcast started. We had to make sure that the gondola was operating, kind of like the amusement park ride. They got to make people ride it before they actually let patrons on. Would so, you buy a car that was not test driven? Exactly. How right? do you know it's not going to blow up? Imagine that Tesla did not send their vehicles to the National Highway Transportation Authority for them to crash those cars to test the safety of them. Would you be comfortable buying one? Exactly. I know. know, So for all the mob couples that are out there, you let somebody else start your car in the morning to make sure that the car functions right, right? Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, (laughs) Friday. (laughs) (laughs) No! <laughs> so you don't just get in the car and start. You have somebody start it for you. It's just to exactly. make sure it functions right. It's not like you want them to blow up for the bomb that was meant for you. You want them to just get that car going. You know, you get it warmed know. up. It's good. It's good for the car. Yeah. Um, so we got one story in the gondola. Um, so there is a suit. So this is being reported by Weed Week, the authority in weed news. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much are like the Wall Street Journal of weed. It's like Newsweek, but weed Let's week. To be honest. So fantastic. <laughs> um, so false and misleading. Suit claims select vapes contain less THC than labeled. So select is the brand. Um, so it's a class action suit uh, against this Oregon cannabis company, uh, Cura, which seeks more than... $10 million over claims that its select elite vape cartridges contain much less THC than labeled. So this is, um, I guess they're in Portland and Cura just got bought by Cura Leaf or something like that. It's his parent company. It's the parent company. Yeah. Cause I've heard of Cura Leaf. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen Cura vapes anywhere. I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen. Well, a seen lot of this stuff is, is still right now. A lot of it's very state specific. So certain yes. things only get in Colorado or certain things only in Washington. Yeah. So they're saying these select elite cartridges. So they're, they're doing a class action lawsuit now. Um, is it a class action? I don't know. It's a lawsuit. They're getting sued uh, for a lot of money. And they're saying basically what happens is they label it saying that they have X amount of THC in it and it has way less. And if you want to know the amount, so they're saying, According to the suit, they advertise 80 to 95% potency and or 0.5 gram or one gram of THC content total. But they actually took some of the, the vapes and they started sending them to independent lab because people had these. And I don't know who would tell. I guess if you smoke a lot or you know you vape a lot of THC, somebody might be like, hey, I'm not getting as high as I used to i can't get high as fuck i can only get high so they're probably saying there must be less thc in here so they sent it out to independent lab and they're saying instead of 80 80 to 95 percent it contained only 55 percent thc um which is pretty huge so you're getting half of what you paid for uh because a lot of like talking to the people in the um in the dispensaries a lot of what they use is a filler is coconut oil and MCT oil, which is from coconut. Um, so it's pretty interesting. So I guess they do a lot more filler. And it's just like any other product. If they tell you you're going to get, you know, 
two ounces of toothpaste and you only get one ounce, you're going to be like, what the fuck happened to the other part of it? Right. Yeah. I mean, so they're saying the claims are false and misleading. They're basically lawyers got involved and they're, so there's a big lawsuit and there's tests and documents and they're saying they're asking a jury to determine damages exceeding $10 million. Um, but the big thing that's looming on top of this is they're saying there may be other lawsuits looming against other companies. So this might be the first step in policing some of these companies that maybe aren't as highly regulated. Some of the other, you know, other things that are being produced. So, yeah. And I just looked it up. So Curaleaf, they are actually a publicly traded company. That's where I've seen them. I think I would either stock or I'm I was looking at buying stock, I think in them. They're on the pink sheets. So they're kind of a, you know, I didn't buy stock because maybe I knew in some way that this was going to, and you know, I, I don't want to be that like anti-business guy, man, like anti-corporate. But when you are a public traded company, you do have different responsibilities and maybe you're going to do some shady stuff to get some investors or to show better returns. So maybe you can get new investors and grow. That's what happens. You know, if you were some, some, uh, small independent guy making your weed, you'd be like, Hey, this is just how we make it. This is what it is, what it is. You know, like we're going to try not to lie to you because you think if you're a local dude making weed, mostly your friends or people, you know, are going to buy it. So right, it changes the, your, your demographic changes how you're going to act towards them too. So here's the thing. So Cura Cannabis was recreational and they got bought by Cura Leaf. Now, they originally started where they were going to pay $1 billion for it. And then at the end, when they closed, because of all this controversy, it ended up costing only around $400 million from $1 billion. Mm, See, that seems super shady, doesn't it? There's a lot of shit going on with this whole thing. It was like a whole sale in May and the whole thing. And then they have this whole dishonest conduct in the sale going on. So there's all this like shady shit with like going on. But now they're getting banged for this whole not putting what they said they were putting in the uh, in what you're taking in. So I hope they please the shit out of this because, you know, it's already an uphill battle in certain states for medical marijuana and recreational marijuana uh, to be available to be consumed. So, you know, I like the fact that they're going and and policing this because um, somebody has to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just wonder too, if, if people are like setting these companies up to fail, you know, people who don't want cannabis to be legal and perhaps have big stakes in cigarettes or booze or something else. And they're trying to sabotage these companies. Well, I had a friend and I won't mention any names, but I will mention one name called Unilever. And they were talking about a toothpaste that they make. And, you know, they're sitting in meetings and they're talking about like, how can we, we be more profitable with this product? And they do shit and it's known, it's, it's kind of well known, um, but you don't think about it often that think about the same box you get for toothpaste. Well, that same box carried a two and a half ounce tube of toothpaste, but then they use the same box and now it only carries a 2.25 ounce tube of toothpaste. Mm. Well, what they did successfully is they kept the price the same. They gave you the same looking box. So when you pick it off the shelf, you think you're getting the same thing. And then when you open it up, 
it's a little bit less, but you don't really notice that savings Damn. is millions of dollars worth to that company. Yeah. It's like right? when Toblerone recently just like changed their... Oh, yeah. Their, the Toblerone uh, thing where they, they changed that. The little Matterhorn triangles they have, they kind of took that, that section out between them and made it bigger so it's less chocolate. And think about that savings. So you're paying the same amount for less chocolate. Well, look at... like Think about your laundry detergent. Yes. You know, you get, it has the cap on there and, you know, people think, oh, I'll just fill the cap up and throw it in the laundry. Right. And there's like those numbers, like five is the maximum and that's maybe half a cap. And the five you only need if you have like, like OJ half. Simpson freaking sheets, like they're just yeah. bloody and full of <laughs> blood and semen and dirt, Just whatever like, fluids are coming out. Yeah. You jerked off and then you got dragged behind a car with some Listen, sheets. We don't want to hear about your Wednesday. Just you know saying. You went to five breweries. We it was a out. wild night last night. There was a lot of shit that went down. The rip it in the Terran. The rip it in the Terran. That's right. <laughs> that's when you go to five on the laundry detergent cap. And that's still half the cap. You're not oh, even, yeah. If you go beyond that, you're just a goddamn madman. And they know that. Pete, they think you fill the cap. That's the And use the crap out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing with laundry detergent. I heard a whole thing about somebody that's in the industry and they actually said people nowadays get less dirty than we used to get, right? So there was a lot more manual labor, a lot more. Think about when was the last time you worked on your own car and did a lot of serious work, right? Last weekend. All right. Well, that you're... I'm a goddamn man. I'm the exception (laughs) of the rule. In general, though, I think a lot like if you take, if you say out of 100% of the people that did it before... It's like half that number now work on their own car. They're like, oh, fuck yeah. it, I'm just going to take it somewhere. So people get less dirty. So what uh, laundry detergent has turned into is less cleaning and more fragrance. Mm. So there's more scent in it than there is cleaning product. Motherfuckers. So that's what you're paying for. So they want your clothes to smell good, but it doesn't need to be as clean. So they can take out those cleaners, which are more expensive. Put a little flavor, a little scent, and you're like, hey, this is great shit. Meanwhile, you're paid a lot more money for the same product. Damn it. Get over on you every chance. That's true. It's like McDonald's. They don't even use, or Burger King, they don't even use real meat. You're still paying. Is the is the Beyond Meat less price? Like, Going back to that KFC thing with the Russians making yes. weird chickens. Yeah. But Beyond Meat is, like, I've seen Beyond Meat in the store. It's fucking expensive. It's not much cheaper than regular meat. Looks kind of gross too. It looks gross. I tried some. It wasn't Beyond Meat. It was another one, and they had a sale. It was a, a buy one get one in the in the store. So I was like, "Let me get it." I got it. It was fucking disgusting. I was like, "I don't know why I bought it because I knew going into it, it's not meat. It's not going to taste like meat. I don't know why they package it and promote it like meat." Mm. I bought the breakfast sausage, um, the Beyond Meat or whatever it was, the the fake meat breakfast sausage. Yeah. While it was good, it didn't taste anything like fucking breakfast sausage. And I was like, I would have rather had, it tasted almost like a yam, but smushed a yam with a lot of weird seasonings in it. And I would have rather had a yam, honestly, for breakfast. <laughs> and, you know, and then I thought I was like yams for breakfast with eggs. That's fucking great. That's almost like the, the plantains, the Maduros. Yeah, right. You know, nice, sweet little... So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. When these people, I see these people eating the Burger King thing. I haven't had an Impossible Burger, so maybe I, I got to try it. But I guarantee it's not cheaper than the other non-meat product. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. you're probably right. Weird. I'm going to look it up right now. Look it up. Well, while you're looking it up, we're going to wrap up this trip to the gondola. Let's go to Ski News. So first up, this first week of August, which is usually kind of a rough time for Ski News. We got some fun stuff to talk about. DPS. DPS. It is dream time right now. Goddamn, love my DPS. You need to pick up some skis. This is the best time of the year to purchase the world's most advanced skis. The prices are dropped. Special editions under two or $200 off. Apparel, including Phantom, new skins and poles, all reduced 15%. They got some groovy new whalers for the cats and kitties out there, men and women. Or whatever the other genders you have, you can probably ski too. They got the new powder works. They got the pagoda touring skis. There's a lot of really cool stuff available at DPS Dreamtime. And you only have until the 18th. So after this comes out, a week to get in on these deals. Damn. I got to say, my DPSs that I got off season, off sale, the whole kind of thing. Are fucking great. I love those things. Yeah. They are hero skis. So. They, make, they, make, they make things fun. Yeah. All right. So I looked at the difference between the regular Whopper and the impossible Whopper. The, the regular Whopper is 20 cents more. Really? Yeah. So you're paying a premium for like a plant product, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to need to do more of that in the future. So it's good that they're actually working on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still a really new product. So maybe with enough time, they could make it actually taste really good. Yeah. All right. So next up, we got a, uh, since we're skiing, uh, <laughs> going heli for the first time, what it is really like and where you should go. Beginner heli skiing guide for 2020. Uh, so this is a comprehensive guide to it um and you know they go through things like anyone can do it um where you go for your first time heli skiing so of course anyone can do it absolutely anyone can do it from intermediate to beginner they'll find terrain if you pay them that money to take you they will find whatever terrain you want do they feel like the kardashians going heli skiing yeah and then bitches can't fall because like all that plastic surgery just ruined them explode So goddamn Beirut wherever they fall. So then they uh they talk about where you go for your you know where to go for your first time heli skiing. They're saying look for a provider that caters to first time heli skiers um and less to advanced skiers. You know, so typically you could find them at some resorts. You what you gotta do is you gotta ask around and be honest. Like make sure you don't oversell your ability because they're gonna take you into something that you're just gonna die in. Um so they won't return customers too. If you die, you will not be a customer again. Exactly. Our folks don't want that. Yeah. Um, so then they're saying Even like folks don't care. Yeah. So and then they're saying it it definitely depends on the group. So uh when the day arrives, uh going for the first time, uh this person writing the article, uh, who is this person? It is it's Douglas Ryan, who's actually a member of the East Coast Ski Chat on Twitter. Boom. What's up? So 
then he's saying, you know, he's going heli skiing for the first time. Uh, so, you know, they introduced themselves. They picked a, a place uh, and it was a mix of skiers and boarders. Went on a bus and they they went. They did the whole gear thing and safety briefings. Uh, safety briefing is the one thing that really, if you're going for the first time, make sure that you pay attention to. Um, so they actually, you know, he writes that they talked about avalanche safety, um, and the beacons and the, the backpack, you know, all the equipment. Um, and then, you know, what you can take with you. So he goes through like, you know, what you can take with you, the avalanche beacons, you know, walking you through the whole process. Uh, but there's things that you don't realize too, like riding in a helicopter, like have you ridden a helicopter? Or is that another first that you're going to do? So if Not you have a black hawk down, like it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. But I'm just saying, like you know, if you're afraid of heights, now you got to think about that. Like you still have to ride in a helicopter to go heli skiing, you know. So you know, he, he writes in there that you know, super smooth ride is pretty cool. No turbulence, felt similar to a gondola. So you know, you don't have to freak out about it. Um, Talks about the snow. Uh, it's pretty funny about the snow. It is really, it's pretty hilarious because he's like, unless you're lucky, it's probably not going to be a never-ending powder haven. Uh, it is in Warren Miller Films. Heli skiing operations yeah, right. book up months in advance. So you kind of, you take the good with the bad, right? And that's why you need that heli season pass. So you can go uh, heli skiing anywhere. Multiple times. Time. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so then there's another thing. So there's no bottom. So usually when you go, you're like, Oh, it will, we'll just keep going until we hit the bottom. And it's like, no, um, they actually, the helicopter will coordinate where it's going to meet you. And, and that's kind of it. You just go to, you hit the, you know, the meeting point. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, talks about breaks, talks about challenging runs, the views, um, but I think it's a good, this is a good article. If you're going for the first time, there's a few things that I guess we're kind of left out of here, but he's kind of walking you through the, the first time. One of the things that, that one of our buddies, Justin told us when he went, one of the things you don't realize that you're not, you don't really think about, and it's not really a problem or an issue, but you, it runs through your head. So when you start going, you realize if I fall and break my leg, there's no, there's nobody going to come get me. Like you're going to sit there for a long time until the copter comes back or somebody treks back up to get you. If you lose your ski, you're going to have to walk and get it. Like there's, there's a lot of things involved with it. So yeah. yeah, just understand that's part of the, the beauty of it. I've seen YouTube videos where somebody gets dropped off by the helicopter and he's putting his boot in his ski and the ski just, takes off and runs oh. down and he's like fuck and he's just cursing because you're gonna have to walk down or try to ski on one ski he's skiing on one ski <laughs> so yeah. but yeah you could feel a little you could i think i'd be a little wigged out that like i'm all alone up there just there's nothing and nobody around which is good and bad you know yeah, for sure. It's it's a different feeling. And, you know, sadly, we haven't gotten around to hella skiing yet, but... Because we're a I've, bunch of low-class bitches. You know what? Because, you know what? We'll just <laughs> do it next year. We'll just do it next year. And you know what? What happened to next year this year? 
Yeah, it right. Shit on. It got diarrhea on. Fucking birds can't even shat all over it. That's right. You just you're not even gonna be a year older when you do, like in the Warren Miller movies. You may not get next year. Are you people seeing this now? This is everyone on the weather too. Like I'm a little, I get a little frugal sometimes with with some of this. Like so, there's the you know once a lifetime stuff that you just money's no object, and then there's the you know I think. The time that they were talking about it, I think I was in Jackson and they like people were talking about like, but the snow is pretty good. I'm like, I don't need to heli ski. Like it's pretty goddamn good on the mountain. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. I hear you, but it's got to happen. Got to happen. Got to happen. Or you just got to buy that snow cat and then we'll just bum it right off of you. We'll have to go. We'll get a guy. We'll get a chauffeur. We'll get a guy. Snow cat chauffeur. I know a guy out in, you know, out West somewhere. Well, I'll tell you who's not getting a snowcat chauffeur. It's the folks at On the Snow in Liftopia. Oh, uh, maybe that's why, because they spent it all on heliskiing. Spent it all on heliskiing. <laughs> <laughs> Two of skiing's major digital properties take hits amidst, 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 amidst pandemic. Amidst. 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 Amidst pandemic. Why can't they use a different word? Why the guy be all fancy and use a midst? Settle down, powder. All right. This isn't the goddamn New Yorker. Like just right. settle down. Reel it in powder. Who are you writing this for? Stay in your lane. <laughs> Stay in your lane. That's right. Listen, we're one of the digital properties that still strives and survives and thrives. So you know who uses a lot of fancy words? On the snow and liftopia. And look at where yeah. those motherfuckers are right now. Are they now? Yeah, that's right. They got knocked out. Put the coffee down. That's right. <laughs> coffee <laughs> is for digital properties that did not shut down. That's right. <laughs> it's for so non-closers in this it's, case. It's for winners. So obviously the losses from premature end of the season and anticipation of travel restrictions and overall uncertainty associated with the upcoming season have had a wide ranging of ripple effects on businesses within the industry. This month, two prominent digital properties in the snow space become the latest casualties on the snow online provider of snow reports, ski resort guides, gear reviews, and additional editorial content announced July 9th that it would be shutting its doors. Hmm. He cited changing media landscape as well as financial struggles induced by the pandemic. What amazes me about like them and other companies that I hear that are folding up during COVID. Now I could understand if you have no business, like, so there's businesses where their doors are closed and they're making no money at all. Right. So that's it. That's it for them. There's zero money coming in and they close because you don't realize that the cat, they rely on that cash flow to pay basically fund themselves from week to week or month to month. Right. Mm -hmm. But something like this, like I'm surprised because I would have thought they would still get advertisers, you know, advertising for the snow industry. And, you know, maybe they don't have the snow reports, but you know, did people just drop off the face of the earth in terms of like looking at on the snow and, you know, I wonder. Yeah. It's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, they're in the business for over 50 years and operated under the Vail Resorts portfolio after being purchased by the resort management company in 2010. 
but there was just other rivals that came along too. I mean, during the pandemic, right? There's everybody's set up shop at home doing shit. So wasn't it a crazy thing too, where they keep talking about all these companies who are like, we need government stimulus to survive. Well, did you think maybe your company shouldn't exist if you can't make money doing it without someone else helping you out? Like, isn't that the whole? Yeah. A lot of business models or a lot of like a lot of businesses, not their business model, but the way they're actually run. So you have your business model and then you have how you're actually running your business. Um, Surprisingly, I've seen a ton of bars and restaurants just close, like sign off over the last three months. So I'm like, okay, I could understand, you know, three months you close up shop four months. Cause that's a long time. You know, that's a whole quarter of like not getting any earnings, but you know, after like two weeks, people are saying like, I can't, I can't sustain myself. You know, I wonder like it's, it really is a week to week business, you know, and, and there are a lot of businesses like that. I just don't, I didn't know that, you know, now you're just seeing it. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous that these companies that can't even turn a profit are, like, still exist. I wonder if we could buy them for like 10 bucks. We have Kodak, man. Just saying, man. Yeah. But another company, Liftopia, which catered to a broad ski audience since it was founded in 2005, selling discounted lift tickets, they have also shut down. See, but I don't think that's due to COVID. I mean, COVID didn't help. Yeah, but I think everybody's doing what they, I think that was a matter of time because with the business that they were in, all these big passes were eating their lunch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And a lot of the uh, local areas even went to, you know, I think what they were doing was Liftopia would run the sale through them and then they just set up their own website and they're like, we don't need Liftopia. Yeah. You know? We just kind of, yeah, they have like a skinned version of their site built on, on Liftopia. Just copied Liftopia. Yeah. So they're <laughs> saying that uh, Aspen, Aspen Ski Company, managing member of the Mountain Collective, along with A Basin, Altera Mountain Company, and Cypress Bowl Recreations, filed an involuntary bankruptcy petition against Liftopia citing $3 million in unpaid debts stemming from lift tickets and other products sold on its platform. See, this amazes me too. How do you keep a business running where you're just not paying $3 million of debt? Like, that's incredible. Like, we really got to start running up debt for our company. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> money is so cheap right now because they, they just keep printing more. Yeah. that's So now's the time. That's scary. Oh. So that's crazy. So I, mean, I, I wonder what's going to happen now with lift tickets if they're going to, because that's usually what you'd be pushed to if you're buying a day pass somewhere. Yeah. I mean, day passes, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to end up after coronavirus, right? Dude, it's anyone's guess what could happen. Like, is, I don't know if the big passes are going to survive either. Like they, they, they survive because of the volume they get. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Just buy Bitcoin. Yes. Buy Bitcoin. Don't buy a season pass. Just buy Bitcoin. You get 50 season passes. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we have a really cool story about a ski maker gone ice. 
which actually I could probably use these at Killington when you ski, no skis, Dude, just, right? Just these. Um, so full tube boots, um, full tilt. They actually, um, you know, they've been around for a while. They make some really good boots. They, um, they came out with a hockey skate. That's actually the ski boot upper and a hockey lower. Well, they didn't actually come out with it. They just made one. Yeah. For a guy. They made one for a guy. So Chris Van Hoof. Um, So he was a hockey player coach, played goalie for his club. And they had some crazy injury. Felt like, what was it? 30 feet, right? 30 feet doing what? Oh, accident at work. So he fell 30 feet from a crane. And he broke like almost every bone in his feet and ankles. So he had a ton of surgeries, a lot of pins and screws in there. And um, I guess he, he, you know, somebody from Full Tilt worked with him and they were able to build a ice skate blade on a, on a ski boot. So it kept it, everything immobilized. And it's pretty awesome to see these because I'm like... So first thing I said, you know, when we were talking before, I said, first thing I said when I saw this, I was like, why haven't they done this before? Like a hockey upper, I mean, a, uh, a, ski, boot a upper. ski boot upper is so rigid and keeps everything like contained. And it's so easy to put on and off versus like skates because skates are like, they have laces. You got like, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, but but if you were playing hot, he's a goalie, mind you. He's a goalie. If you're yeah. a regular skater, and you have some sort of buckles or clips, do you know what other players are going to do to you? They're going to just smack the crap out of them and put try to knock them. Put the taper on them. It's, it, it's a different fit. I mean, yeah. when you do have hockey skates on, they are much more rigid and t- it's stiffer and uh, closer. Like they're not as bulky. That's the thing. So being a goalie, it's it's you're able to have a little more leeway in the weirdness you're gonna try out. Yeah, that's true. There was a company like way back in the nineties that I thought was I thought it was a pretty cool idea when I was a kid. They were called Switch It and they had these, you know, roller hockey or ice hockey boots, and you could swap the bottom out and you could take from an ice blade, you could take that chassis off and put a roller blade chassis on. Nice. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Well, that's what they do. That's what a lot of hockey players do with their old skates. They get the convert them into old ice skates and convert them into rollerblades. Yeah. They just pop them on. Yeah. So yeah, Bodie actually has, now they have like hockey skates are cool because you get the blades, the blade swap. Mm -hmm. His boot, his boot is fine. And you know what it is? It's just skating so much during the week. You you keep uh, getting him sharpened and sharpened because he does synthetic ice um, like a few days during the week. And then he does like realize synthetic ice, really. And the synthetic ice just, it just dulls the blade. So You kind of got to keep sharpening them. Right. So he got his new skates. I think he's only had them for not even six months and already like his whole team has like, you could see that they're, they're like shorter on the ice. Cause it's like an inch shorter, you know, like they're at that little edge. So um, he just got blades uh, because almost all the hockey skates they make now, like you could just swap the blade out. Uh, and it makes sense, you know, like there's kids on his team. I know that they have 
like multiple sets of blades. So they're like, you know, they go through like, especially if you go to a tournament, you don't have to run and try to get your blade sharpened by somebody that you don't know or find a place, you know, while you're staying at a hotel, you have a spare set of blades and you swap them out between games or, or overnight. And then boom, you get a fresh set of, you know, nicely sharpened blades on your, on your skates. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. I want to envision a world where I could be wearing a really cool pair of shoes slash boots and that I can have multiple attachments, almost like a Swiss army knife. Mm. You know? Or like Keely's where you like, you press a button and instead of a roller comes out, a hockey, hockey skate comes out. Yeah. Like a chassis, like imagine like a Swiss army knife with, you know, a ski boot bottom roller blade and ice skate. And you just kind of whip it out of your backpack and be like, okay, I'm snapping these on. Now I'm rollerblading. Well, even better, you press a button and the bottom piece of it comes out and expands. And now you have a snowblade. So <laughs> you're snowblading down the mountain. And now we're snowblading again. And then you jump on some ice. Boom. Ice Hot skate. skate. I, ice yeah. skate. Yeah. Perfect. Skiing at Killington. Ice skate. Ice skate. First grade. And then, and then switch to the snowblade. If, if it's... <laughs> you're going through the trees you want the snow blades that's right yeah so good job full tilt that was pretty cool to to work with that guy and the boots look pretty awesome yeah that's pretty i think you know hopefully that's a good concept for you know especially for people that have had injury i mean that that's what we talk about a lot if you look at a lot of the good products that are on the cutting edge of the market that help everybody um a lot of the the you know, ideas come from, you know, people having a need where they, they have an injury, they have a, you know, a, need, um, yeah. a disability and it, mm-hmm. it just helps everybody that technology, you know? Yeah. It's cool. when stuff like that comes out and, and people realize they can help other people doing something that they love. Holy shirts and pants, people helping people. And speaking right. of people helping people, our final story, which is it's, I don't know if I'd call it ski related, but it segues nicely from where we just were. Two, it's related to the boots, right? Yeah. And the, what we're we talking about. The two college hockey players rode rollerblades nearly 900 miles from Boston to Michigan to raise money for cancer research. Dude, that's a long way. Long goddamn way. That's a wicked long way. <laughs> Jacob Adkins and Andrew Walker each decided to buy a pair of rollerblades and go out on this journey. <laughs> Uh, they dubbed themselves Men in Blades on social media, departed from UMass Boston, 4.30 a.m. on July 13th. Uh, one of them convinced themselves they had vertigo. And the toughest part was getting through one of their last days in Pennsylvania, where they had 93-degree heat. They stopped to sit down, and cu- the one uh, guy collapsed while sitting on the side of the road. Oh, oof. well, they're saying one, one of us would completely lose vision and have to grab the other shirt for guidance. I'm like, damn, that's pretty fucked up. That really is messed up. So they really, they look pretty beat up in a lot of these pictures too. Oh yeah. Well, both these guys have been, you know, their families have been affected by cancer. So they wanted to see if they could do something to, you know, help and, and raise some money for it. And it's really cool. They did it. And I think they still have a GoFundMe up if you want to go and let's see. See if it's still active. I'm clicking the link. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
you can still get on. They're uh, they've raised twenty nine thousand dollars of their one hundred thousand dollar target. Oh, that's awesome! But they have a little bit of time left. It looks like so. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great they did it for like a good cause, you know. But it's pretty amazing. That's a long fucking way. Nine hundred miles. Yeah. No joke. So when we talked to Miles, like he was talking about, there's a lot of these long distance rides that people are doing on rollerblades now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they're talking to the tune of like 50 miles or 100 miles or a little bit more. I mean, 900 miles, a long damn way. Yeah, for sure. So good. Good for them. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was the first of the, you know, the annual roller blade rides that yeah, come right. up. Maybe not do it in July next time. Yeah, maybe July's a bad move. I think October's a solid time, right? It's like Anchorman. He's like drinking milk. He's like, milk might have been a bad idea. Milk was a bad choice. Bad choice. It's out there in the heat. Well, you know what? Bad choices are are bad, obviously. But there are many reasons why we make bad choices. A lot of it is bad data wrong state of mind when making the decision timing timing pressure stress a lot of things yeah and making the right decision making the right choice is super important and i believe that there is no more important decision than where you live especially pandemic we're realizing this you know people lived oh it's close to my job but you know it's a 300 square foot apartment and it's $6,000 a month, but it's close to my job. Yeah. That was a bad choice. We're all starting to see the, the denouement, the after effect of these bad decisions and these bad choices. And one of the things that we always think about and thinking about it more seriously now is picking the perfect town, perfect ski town. So I possibly live and buy a house there, right? Perhaps, 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 or rent or whatever, invest, like whatever you got to do, whatever your bag is. Exactly. So I started just kind of spitballing some ideas, throwing it up on the whiteboard and we're working towards building an algorithm to find your perfect ski town. And I kind of threw this out there at Mario and just wanted to be like, Hey, check this out. And it's cool because yeah, you were you were really you guys are actually considering doing something like this because you're gonna need another place close to where Bodhi might be going away to boarding school. So it's like this is like your variable you add to this algorithm. Yes. He's trying to play hockey at a high level and may have to go away to a hockey school um in Canada of all places. So adds a lot of permutations into that algorithm now, like where, like we would get use out of it. So why not look over there or something? So, yeah. So this is like the algorithm exists, but there is some flexibility to it because you might want to add your personal touch. So let's start talking about it. Let's go. I'll just go over what, this is what I wrote down over the last couple of months in building this. And so imagine you're thinking about, your town, where you want to be, you don't know where you want to go, but there are things that matter to you. And based on what 
the results are of the cumulative collection of all this information will help determine where you want to be. So you're, you know, you look at, I'm a big real estate fan. And when you go to any of those real estate sites and look for stuff in a ski town, you can see how if there was a heat map, the darkest reddest color would be right by the lifts, by the ski, by the resort. And then as you get further away, it gets lighter in color. And then you get, you know, 10 miles out and it's, it could be a 10th of the price. Right. So distance to ski is the first most important variable. And that's a, a hyperbola. Now, if you don't remember from geometry class, because I did, and I had to look this up. When you look at a hyperbola, you have your X and Y axis, and it creates a curve, and that curve will never touch the axis. So if your axis is like this, your hyperbola would be like kind of this. Right. So what it really, what that says is the higher the score, if you're really close, it's a really high score. And as you get further away, it gets like the further you get, it gets way worse after that certain, that first like drop in the slope. Again, I haven't been in geometry Uh, forever, but, but you also got to look at, distances and everything that's why you have all the other st- factors right that's just the first factor right is distance to ski and also distance to airport that's also a hyperbola because that's very important because you never know if perhaps according to noah if you were in taos new mexico things may not be so great for you this year i have to get on a plane and get to whitefish montana you want to make sure that that airport is close enough that you can get there in an hour tops to get on that plane and get to where you got to go. Right. That's important. And ease of after you fly to get there, right? Do you need to rent a car or is there some kind of public transportation, right? Mm-hmm. Public transport is really tough with skis though. Huh? You're bringing skis. Public transport is tough. It is tough, but if you're close enough, it was Uber and Uber has ski. ski That's Uber. why distance is so important. Yeah. So next up, this is a personal one. Water access. Water. What do you mean by water access? I mean, summer oceans, lake, rivers, just some body of water. I think being close to bodies of water, number one, recreation. So you're talking Tahoe. Tranquility. <laughs> well, that's where Tahoe. Because I tell you what, I've, I see pictures all the time of Tahoe in the summer. I'm like, it looks fucking gorgeous. That's why Tahoe gets a high score in my preliminary yeah. algorithm. That's important. Next, population. Now, population is not a hyperbola. It's actually a parabola. A inverse parabola. Because. So- so right now I got you living in the Meadowlands next to Big Snow. <laughs> There's those condos right across Route 3, right? <laughs> Close to the city. Good access to the airports. Good access to everything you want. <laughs> so right now at this point, <laughs> I got you there. Don't worry. Population is going to change all of that. All right. Because again, you have the parabola, the inverse parabola. So to get a higher score you're sort of looking for that Goldilocks zone. While distance to ski, 
the closer you are, the higher the score. Population, if it's two, if there's no one there, it's a low score. Then there's like, it goes up as you get to like a decent amount and you have your Goldilocks area. And then once it gets too populated, it drops off again. That bell curve. Now you're getting... The bell curve. Yeah. So So that's where your Secaucus, (laughs) Meadowlands, Jersey... Right now. You're taking a huge blow right now. You're getting a low score. You're living in... Wayne is really where you're at right now. Well, then here comes our next category. Housing costs. Again. Super low score. Yeah. And then this one, this is one, I I don't even know the right way to phrase this, university slash hospital. Hmm. As as you get older and if you have a family, like you want to make sure there's people who have medical capabilities and who are smart in your area in case something goes wrong. Fuck that. I'll take a medicine man like a mile away. I'm good with that. YouTube is just a guy with some crystals and a bag of weed. That's it. You get a, a nice, you know, first aid kit, maybe some extra stuff, and, and that's about it. See, this is why the algorithm can be <laughs> custom tailored to different people. You could have different weightings based on different categories. So this one would be right at the window for you. You wouldn't you wouldn't give a goddamn. What if I had my own helicopter? Boom. I'm going anywhere. They could heli pick me up. See, this is your algorithm can be tweaked to have your access to helicopters. Those are the X factor things that crush parts of the algorithm. Like, so it depends where you're looking at Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, it doesn't meet the algorithm of a hospital close by. And you're like, but there's a heli thing like down the road and they can just fly me to the hospital. So there you go. Just saying. Make it work. So all of that is probably 40% maybe 30%. Again, you could kind of tweak the dob, the dobs, the knobs and dials as you need to how you want to weight this. But now it's the important ski and snowboarding part of it. Mm. And first thing I have on here is length of season. Hmm. Okay. One thing that drives me crazy is places. I mean, I know a lot of ski resorts are on national park land, but you have places that have to close at a certain date. You know, Tire Ride, Jackson, fill in the blank. You know, you close second week in April, first week in April. What if you have one of those years where you have, you know, you're getting two feet of snow mid-April and you're closed off? You can hike it up, sure. But, you know, the fact that they can't stay open, like that to me takes a bit of a hit versus a place, you know, like a snowbird, which will just stay open as long as there's good snow. Yeah. Next up, inbound acreage. How big is the resort? Again, you can tweak your knobs and dials here. Do you like a small quaint place? Or would you like broader a broader resort, different levels of terrain? That's that's gonna be important for certain people for certain reasons. Yeah, like the type of terrain you want, right? Mm-hmm. Vertical. That's the next one. What's the vertical on skiing? Always important another big one and this one is it's also going to crush your your uh big snow score <laughs> snowfall average what is that snowfall average so not wow. just last year you want to have your average snowfall for probably five five to ten years so i already got you with so big snow has this all year round 365 except for coronavirus uh vertical 
if you're okay with that vertical, it works. <laughs> Was it 190 feet? 190 feet. That's good for you. Perfect. That's right. Who do you think you are? Just do it a bunch of times. It's you're just, not talking about it adds up, right? That's right. So backcountry access, also, also important. Backcountry. All right. Another one, elevation. Where are you staying at? Where you have to live at? You know, are you at, are you one of the places that it's at 6,000, 7,000 feet or are you at 2,000? Yeah, that's a big one because I tell you what, over, if you're staying at like over 8,000 feet, that's tough for me. Then again, I'll get used to it, but. It takes an adjustment period. But again, if you're going out there for, for a three-day, four-day ski trip. Right. That's if tough. I, if it's a vacation home and you're just going there once in a while, you're going to have a tough time every time. Or if you're going to move up there and live there now, you can get used to it. Yeah. But something to think about, some people can't deal with altitude. So yeah. this is a concern for them. It's tough. You know? And lastly, and this probably shouldn't even be in the ski and board category, legal cannabis. Ah, it is something that if you are going to live the lifestyle, you want to make sure that, Again, tweak your knob and dial if that matters to you or not. But yeah, us, I got to think if you have visitors coming in and you can drive to states that have legal cannabis, maybe. Well, let's be honest. Most places with good skiing do have legal cannabis. Yeah. Not, not great skiing in Mississippi. Sorry, right. Mississippi, but you deserve it. You suck. So, so th- those are all your categories? That's all my categories. Well, that's again, this is an open source project. Yes. I don't know what we're missing. And is there something glaring? Is there something subtle? What can we do? What can we add to the algorithm to perfect this? Because this is going to play a role. Now, there will be definitely variables like Mario. You have one where you're looking at a certain region. You're only, you can only be in this one particular area based on circumstance. So I got a few things to add to that list. Okay, beautiful. So um, availability of good opera ski, right? I'm, you know, I love Snowbird, but there's no opera, right? Do I want? There are hedgehogs, though. There are hedgehogs. So that's kind of important for me. Not that important. It's a nice to have. And let's be honest, there is opera at Snowbird. There's the the Mexican place at the Cliff Lodge that we ate at. Yeah. There's, and I don't know if it was the weather we were there that day, like, but that outdoor area there, right when the the tram is, that can be really fun too. Yeah, it was nice. I can't see me being there for long. But then there's no places. That's a whole. That's a place you can't even buy a place in. It's like very true. Distance. Right. You're going. You're going down that slope of the hyperbola. Exactly. So you could be close to that, but you can't be on slope there. Unless you're like one of the 12 people who's got a condo. Yeah, right. Uh, so another big one, ease of getting flights to there, right? So can you get direct flights there or do you have to transfer every time, right? It's a very good one too. Um, and then the ease of getting from the airport to the, which I think you already had, right? From the airport to where you're staying. Not exactly, no. I said, because I'm thinking more of place to live in. Right. Like full-time. So you're kind of having more of a a travel twist, which is nice though. Well, I'm thinking, so, and that's, that's where you got to start looking. And this is to your point. 
you know, when you do this algorithm, you got to do it for the situation that you're looking for, right? So if I'm looking for a second place to have, maybe even a rental or place that I'll visit not and not live there all the time, I want to be able to get in and out really, really easily. Yeah. Whereas if it takes a two hour, two and a half hour, you know, drive or bus or whatever, however, to get to where I'm staying, if I'm living there year round, I don't care. Right. Right. So then, then you're not really traveling to, you know, the airport proximity, you know, that might get striking out because you're like, I'm not, I don't care once I'm there, I don't care if it takes me five hours to get there from the airport, I'm not leaving. So yeah. and you can, you can tweet, tweak your knobs and dials as yeah. you tweak it. Um, and housing costs, uh, availability of amenities. That's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I might not want to live in downtown New York city, but I want, I want to have like stuff nearby that like, if I want to go to like a store or something that I want to, you know, stock up on stuff or go you know, go. see a player movie or something like that. Like I don't have to drive like an hour to go see a movie. You know what I mean? Like, then again, with COVID, I don't think I'm ever going to a movie again anyway. I don't know. <laughs> well, Mulan will be a plus for 30 bucks. That's right. Uh, first release. Yeah, exactly. Um, work is a big thing. So if you're still working, you know, can you work from where, can you find work? Can you work from where you're going? Like, that's a big thing. How long are you staying? Is it? vacation so depending on on that situation you know that affects income and ability to live there mm -hmm. you know um the other thing that you're not putting in there which may or may not be a thing for some people but proximity to family you know yeah. are you gonna have to be packing up your shit in the middle of winter to go visit your family for thanksgiving for you know uh, Christmas for new year's for any other, you know, big times, or are they close by that you're going to say, Hey, we're all in the same nice little small town or they can come visit you. Right. Most likely. Yeah. They're, they're going to be somewhere else because if you're sticking with your, your family told you to live, you'll yeah. that'd be pretty far away. Well, then you just, just have to be good with not seeing them all the time and them traveling to you maybe like how about them buying an rv and coming to the awesome place you're living in that's that i got a place to stay why don't you come and visit just like i live in telluride oh it's kind of far blah 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 think good <laughs> then stay in new jersey exactly fine uh and then you know i don't i don't know if it's an issue in some towns but then you start looking at like safety and crime rate you know those are all demographics you can look at when you start looking at places but uh I don't think they tend to be pretty dangerous places, but I don't know. Something to think about. Yep. And then there's the wacky X factor stuff. Like, you know, like if you're in Utah, are you okay with the laws that they have there? Right. On alcohol, on doing things on, you know, whatever. Um, like you said, you know, there's all sorts of things about closing, closing early when they open, when they close. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to add. There's definitely knobs to tweak and the algorithm may need some additional input. Well, that's the beauty of it. There's no one. So 
you know, we see a lot, like you and I talk about all the time, you see, you know, magazine comes out with, you know, top 50 places to retire as a ski bum or, or you want to go skiing and, you know, top 50 resorts or top 20 resorts or top 10, you know, whatever it is. And when you look at that list, you're like, yeah, this is all bullshit, but <laughs> they were looking to make that list based on what they were looking at on their situation, you know, their goal for what they were trying to present. It's different for everybody, you know? So yeah. that's why it's good to, to know that you should tweak these things and have these in your algorithm. Yeah. I mean, figure out what's important to you and you can give a higher weighting yeah. to those things that are more important to you. So Mario, just to wrap this up, if you were to look at your, this list, what do you think your top three would be based on your priorities here? Well, the problem is money is an object, right? Money is unfortunately an object. Yep. If it was no object, it would be easier to start like picking like top five. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. I'm looking around right now and I'm considering maybe start looking in Canada, Powder Highway, Wyoming, um, and Montana are pretty big. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I'm not that big on Colorado. I think Colorado's pretty gotten pretty saturated. You know, um, that's just just my opinion. Population um, falls in, yeah, yeah. I really like Utah for some reason. It it just hits a lot of notes: snowfall, ski areas, and then they do have some public transportation. It's easy to get to, so. That hits a lot of notes. Um, I don't know. I'm all over the place, but I'm I'm still looking like Canada. Like that whole Canada, middle, middle of Canada and middle US, and then like Utah. And then there's Tahoe, which I just love Tahoe. I don't know. It's just one of those things you fall in love with. Yeah. You know, close to gambling. Uh yeah. <laughs> gambling's important. That's good. Um not a dry town. That's good too. Very not dry. But they have like a good, good summer. I mean, that's the other thing. You look at the skiing and you're like, if you're going to be there all year or you're going to visit like during the year. That's where water access is good for the summer because there's a lot of stuff you can do. Right. On the water. And that's why Jackson is, is such a good thing. Like they're right by Yellowstone. I mean. Well, that also, that's a big negative because you, all you have is those tourists all summer there. Right. But if you're only going to use it for the, for the ski season. You rent that thing out for premium in the summer. Okay. You know, so it's, it's, you got to look, everything is unique. You know, like you look at places in Jackson, they're astronomical and you're like, well, you're probably not going to be there in the summer most of the time and you can rent it for a premium, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just, uh, and then you, like you said, you look at tourism, you look at crowds. I mean, you have to deal with all that stuff. So. Yeah, my preliminary thoughts were Bozeman, Boulder, and Reno, Nevada. Reno? Pretty much the other side of Tahoe, the, the Nevada side. Yeah. Mostly well, because of the housing costs. That's the thing. What's that? Reno's easier to get to, you know? It's easier to get to, and it's way lower taxes also. Oh. Cal- and you have bunny ranch right there. Taxes. So that's good. Everyone loves the bunny ranch. <laughs> You get tourists right there. Bachelor parties going out all the time. Where do you stay? Oh. Ryan's condo. Ryan's condo. <laughs> <laughs> you cut a deal. They run a, a shuttle service from there. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine going to the bunny ranch? 
bachelor party. That could be your thing. You just have like bunny ranch access. You got a shuttle. They pick what was that up. show cat house or whatever. Oh, that guy's doing a podcast now. Isn't the guy dead? No. Uh, what's his name? Uh, well, the guy who was like the owner of the bunny ranch is dead, yeah. right? I don't think. Did he die? Dennis Hoff. Dennis Hoff. Again, things like you wish your brain would just release, but <laughs> stuck in there forever. Dennis Hoff. Let's see. I, I think. Dennis Leroy Hoff. Oh, 2018, he died. Did he go out with a bang? Well, they are doing a Bunny Ranch podcast or something. <laughs> so, so it on. are they actually talking to these girls? <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> like, is that what's important to people? Like, do you really want to hear? Yeah. What the ladies of the ranch are talking about? They're opening mouth. There's only one thing I want. <laughs> Ew. I remember, I remember watching that show and hearing that Air Force Amy talk, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's been a rough life. Oof. She has seen some shit. But I tell you what, driving from Reno to Tahoe, and you drive through Carson City, I love that fucking town because it's like an old west town. Yeah, dude. That whole area is pretty. I think that you like, I think oh, everyone we was there a long time ago. I know. I how I much has changed since then. Price sucks right now. It's probably. <laughs> Reds probably turned into a fucking Starbucks. Oh no, not Reds. <laughs> it's like a super Starbucks or something. Dude, we should really plan to redo that trip. We should. Like just redo it the same way we did it the first oh, time. The big gigantic wow. club in the middle of the place. We gotta do that. We should rent that place out again. We should go to Reds again, Freshies. Like we should, okay, we should I'm staying by the gondola, right in the like the Waldorf, whatever it was in the <laughs> Waldorf. Where the fuck they had down there that was high up. Jump tower. It's tremendous. It's Trump right tower. Trump tower. Trump tower. Fuck that. That's where I'm staying. Right in the middle of Gun Barrel. Just a big, huge, golden hotel. Huge, huge moguls. It is so tremendous. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. I liked Heavenly. Heavenly was good. Um, and then you could gamble. Like, that was nice. You gamble. They had little... We didn't go to the coffee shop. The one with the big coffee thing. They had best burger, supposedly. What? Remember we didn't go to that and we were pissed off because we're like, we didn't go to the, the, the place with the big coffee cup on top. We went to Sammy Hagar's though. Yeah, that's right. And we put that stupid ass blackjack switch. That was fun though. Yeah. We did that for a long time. Yeah. Blackjack switch with the horrible odds and we we're just sitting there like oh, dumbasses just like feeding money into them. Yep. Like, yeah, we'll let you switch the cards. Go right ahead. You're not making a lot of money. What, 21 was a push? Yeah. It was such bullshit. Oh, it was so ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of weird rules to that, but it was fun. We played for a while. We should redo that trip. We should. Then we'll just tack on two extra weeks to actually ski. Whatever it's called, Squa or Olympic, whatever it's called, Valley. We got to... Uh, I think we got to stay a day and we got to go to the Bowling Hall of Fame and bowl some games. Is that in Reno? That's in Reno. They had the big, remember they had the big bowling ball thing that that's like the big, <laughs> the headquarters for like bowling. Oh my God. That's so awesome. Bowling, gambling. Like it's, it's pretty interesting. I just love the airport. It's like you flew into like Mayberry. It's someone's house. Yeah. That's a great hey, airport. You mind if I use a car? Like, sure. Just take whatever you want. You want. Go right ahead. <laughs> so we're going to post this algorithm on the site. 
and we'd love to hear from you guys. If there's anything we should change, tweak, upgrade, you know, we're, this is evolving. This is an open source project. Hit us up. Ski podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your algorithm. That'd be perfect. Let us know how you tweak the knobs. Yeah. Cause we're all about knob tweaking here. Under the ropes. Mario, kick us off. All right. So, uh, there was some news recently, just a few days ago. Uh, three men were rescued from a Pacific Island after writing SOS in the sand. So this is pretty amazing, and it looks like some shit out of, like, Gilligan's Island. Um, they actually have a picture when they picked them up. Um, there's a helicopter that, I guess, flew in there. They, they saw the SOS, and they actually wrote in the sand, I guess, with shells like they do on, like you know, Survivor or Gilligan's Island, like some shit like that. And uh, they saw the signal and they stopped. And it's a tiny ass little island. Like the picture shows, it's a pretty close up picture. It's not really far away. And you could see the entire, like the backside of the island, right? Like it's, it's small. So um, what happened is there were three, three men uh, were missing from uh, in the Micronesia archipelago uh, for nearly three days when their distress signal was spotted, uh, which is the SOS that they wrote in the sand, um, on an uninhabited, it, it was an uninhabited island, uh, Pike Lot Island, I don't know where that is, um, by searchers uh, on Australia and U.S. aircraft. So uh, they actually had an Australian air, uh, they had an Australian ship that was on its way back and they had it diverted to go look for these people. And I guess they spotted it. Uh, you know, somebody spotted it on a patrol. They came down. And uh, I guess what happened is they apparently left from Pulwat Atoll, which I have no idea where that is, um, in a 23-foot boat on July 30th and intended to travel 27 miles to Pulpop Atoll when they, were, when they sailed off course and ran out of fuel. Now, this is pretty freaking scary because I've been out, uh, my idiot cousin, who doesn't listen to the podcast, so fuck him, I'll talk about him. Yeah. Uh, he has a really nice boat. It's probably like a 20, probably like a 20, 20-something 20 foot boat. And he decides, let's go out fishing. So we go out fishing with him. He fills up the boat. We go 35 miles offshore. And I'm like, why are we going so far out? There's plenty of fish everywhere else. But he's like, oh, I just want to see how far we can go. I'm like... Why do you have to have me on the boat to like catch <laughs> here? So luckily he had 10 extra gallons of fuel that we put on, put in the boat out at sea. We came in on fumes while there was a storm coming in lightning and all sorts of shit. And we just barely got in. And I don't know if I, I haven't gone on a boat with them in probably the last year or so. I think that's pretty good, but I could see how it happens. They're like, Oh yeah, I got enough fuel. And then boom, you run out of, out of, uh, fuel. And I'm thinking this isn't like where I was off the coast of Tampa. Um, this is probably a little bit rougher sea and they ended up over there. So they were about 118 miles from where they had set out. So they went way off course oh, and yeah. drifted and shit. Now I, there's a lot of weird questions that I kind of came up with listening or reading this story. Now it's three dudes on this island together. Yeah. 
They were going to pick up or drop off drugs, I think. No, when I'm when were things going to get dark? Like how many days in? Uh, like, I'm sure they were looking at each other like, I'm eating that fat motherfucker <laughs> Right? <laughs> and now imagine the circumstances if there was two dudes and one like woman. Yeah, right. Well, the, the island is so small. You ever remember the Bugs Bunny thing? where the two guys get stranded on the island and then one guy is the skinny guy turns into a hot dog and the other guy turns into yeah, a hamburger. He looks at them. Yep. And they start chasing each other. Like that's what I think about. Well, I mean, I could imagine if there was a woman there, it would be, you know, which one would try to, you know, get with the woman or what if one guy was like, you know what? She doesn't like me, but doesn't matter. What's she going to do? It's got to take the other guy out. And she kills, you kill the other guy. And like this, can you imagine well, like they what's lost. gonna happen can you imagine that's like a black mirror episode oh yeah but can you imagine if they lost for three days only three days one guy kills the other guy and the girl gets pregnant already and they have yeah. like their own society set up like that's that would be fucked up the rest of the world kind of implodes while these people are on this island together so i thought about it the other day i'm like what if you were let's say on an island like this or you quarantine yourself in deep quarantine like you didn't talked to you were so afraid to leave your house or apartment with coronavirus you don't know what's going on in the world right so what happens let's say you're in new york city bunkered in your apartment you're not leaving you order all your food they deliver it right they find a cure for coronavirus let's say your cable gets cut you don't have any outside access to the news or anything. You're just living there. You think it's the end of the world. You live there for like six or eight months. And then you find out, you know what? They just cut your power and your cable. And you're the dumbass for not coming out of your apartment because everything's back to normal. But you've been living like you're in quarantine for like an extra six months. I bet there's at least 30,000 New Yorkers who would do that. <laughs> that would not even realize it. You're ordering everything. Like, I don't know. Maybe you have internet access, but you don't have... It would have to be a way where you can't see news. No. I don't know how that would, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have an old phone, like an old dial phone. Flip phone. Yeah. No, not even the flip phone. The one, the, zzz, zzz. the dial. Oh boy. Little dial phone. And you have the number for the pizzeria that you're ordering from every day and the grocery store. And that's, that's it. it. <laughs> you're not calling any friends. Like a lot of nines in that number. It's, it's a pain to, to dial. <laughs> they always start with one nine hundred. What's up with that? Yeah. But yeah, can you imagine? That'd be pretty fucked up. Yeah, right. Even if I had a day extra that I was in quarantine for no reason, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Well, speaking of pretty pissed off, our final story. And it's amazing that this is real, but Michigan Inn removes Norwegian flag as residents falsely believe it's the Confederate flag. God damn, I love this because number one, it's not Florida. And number <laughs> two, it shows the ignorance around the country of the people that come to visit Florida. <laughs> it, it does feel a bit Floridian. Well, it is probably those dipshits probably visit Florida all the time. That's what like I, uh, it looks like a great Confederate flag. Yeah. So I'm trying to get to the story here, but this uh, this. Freaking get a little Fox News crap. Yeah. Throwing some headlines at me. A case of mistaken identity has caused owners of the Michigan Bed and Breakfast 
to remove a Norwegian flag from the front of the inn after dozens of fucking morons confused the flag with a Confederate flag. Oh, bunch of fucking I mean, did you? I had to look up the Norwegian flag, and I looked it's, it up, and I was like, "How do you even confuse the two? It looks like a Confederate flag if you drank a whole bottle of Jack Daniels, banged your head against the wall one hundred times, and did a bunch of backflips. That's the yeah. only way those two flags look alike. But it's red, white, and blue, and it's like a cross. There's no Confederate flag. Is like. It's like an X. It's like an you know. It's like thin. It's it's like a thin little bar. It's like a thin little T. Yeah. Well, the Confederate flag is the big fat X with the giant stars. Yeah, and it's orange, orange and blue and white, right? I think the colors are kind of close, but the Norwegian flag, I think, is a general blue. Freaking orange. Well, the General Lee was orange, but the General Lee is not the Confederate flag. It has the Confederate flag on top of it. Let's see. There's no orange in the Confederate flag. Confederate flag. So in this story, gray. Oh, it's red, white, and blue, but it has like it has the blue stripes with the stars in them in in the stripe. That's like you like saying I'm confused. The flag of America to the Texas flag. They're both yeah. red, white, and blue, and have a star involved. Yeah, they're not even close to the same thing. Well, the ones I really, you can really get confused because I just don't know. So like France and like, what's the other one where it's reverse? It's like one's red, white, and blue. Oh, Holland, I think. Like it. And it's Netherlands. Just, yeah. yeah. So that I can understand, like you get a little confused because it's just the opposite way or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that at least this is dozens of people confuse the flag. Ah, they're dumb as shit. Who are those dipshits? Dumb as shit. So Greg and Kirsten Ofbecker moved into the historic mansion in St. John's years ago and turned it into a bed and breakfast called Nordic Pineapple. They installed the flag as a decoration and hung an American flag next to it. And they're Norwegian. So why wouldn't they hang a Norwegian flag? (sighs) But so have dozens of guests and people driving by the inn have wrongly accused the people of flying a Confederate flag. Maybe they just don't like Norwegians. <laughs> like they said, th- and that's racist. That's racist as hell. Norwegian lives matter. That's right. So they said they are the same color, but there are no stars on the Norwegian flag and their Confederate flag is a big X. And the Norwegian flag is part of the Nordic countries. They're all crosses. Kirsten Ofbecker said, it's just really bad they have to explain that to people. Like the fact that dozens of people in the Michigan area are that goddamn stupid. So number one is that they're stupid. And number two is that we're pandering to the stupid. Oh wait, that and number three, they couldn't fucking look it up on the internet to see that it's the Norwegian flag and not the goddamn Confederate flag. If those people called, what would you I, I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like it's the wrong flag. It's not the Confederate flag. You know, they probably didn't say that because they were so confused going like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Like, it's just bizarre and ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it is 2020 and bizarre and ridiculous seem to be two of the uh, the tags that are associated with the most events that have happened this year. So did Norway adopt the Confederate flag? Is that what we're talking about? Wait, so did the South actually rise again and become <gasps> Norway? Is that what happened? 
Maybe they took over Norway. That's why they lost the war here. They wrote, they couldn't rise again in the U.S. So they had to go rise again in one of those pussy Nordic countries. Goddamn. Those former Nordic. Vikings. Goddamn Norwegian racists. Yeah. That's just really... It's just really bad. It's Isn't like... Neil Young, Norwegian? Norwegian. Like... Like, I just... Like, who... I just, I'd love to be the person receiving the complaint about the person who's concerned about the Confederate flag outside. Ah, oh, and I feel bad for them because it's like their home country. <laughs> God bless you. It's like their home country and they got pressured into removing their own country flag. It's just this get some fat dipshit coming in telling you like, you don't got a Confederate flag up there. I just, I don't know who the person is complaining. That's I'm I'm trying to visualize the person complaining and I can't do it. Uh, it's just, it's a, you know, pasty doughy person going, Oh no, I think that's a Confederate flag there. Well, who's Cause you think most racist don't mind a Confederate flag. So you're thinking someone who's going to complain is going to be someone of more the intelligentsia, allegedly in finger quotes. Yeah. Group. But then you think that intelligentsia would be smart enough to know the difference between a Norwegian flag and a Confederate flag. Dude, so that's why some- I don't understand the person who's going to be the one complaining about it. Yeah. There's so many don't even know like capitals, like of their own state. It's just bizarre. There's a lot of people yeah. don't. Yeah, and apparently their complaints are being addressed, which I find very concerning. I am glad, a shout out to Trader Joe's for not folding to this nonsense bullshit about tra- you know changing the names of your Trader Ming and Trader Giota products. It's uh, not to be racist. Jesus, it's racial. That's not, doesn't it's mean it's racial. racial. Not racist, yeah. Yes. Some 17-year-old jerk-off from San Francisco started that petition, and people actually took it seriously. And Trader Joe's made a great comment being like, yeah, we don't just, we actually do market research. We don't just succumb to a petition. Yeah. And basically, bottom line is, we don't care. Don't shop at Trader Joe's. And you know people, no, no, I got to shop at Trader Joe's, but I just want you to, no, no, just don't shop at Trader Joe's. You can go. That's fine. Go shop somewhere else. else. Yeah. You don't want to go there. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, these people were probably losing business over it because people are saying that they're flying the Confederate flag. It's just stupid. Yep. I just, I, I can't even imagine that conversation. They're probably like, no, it's a Norwegian flag. But I feel oh, bad. No, I don't see a Confederate flag. Yeah. So they're getting picked on. You know, ah, this is bad. That's why, you know what? What about if these people, if these goddamn Norwegians are the ones who planted the story, mm. I'm trying to imagine the person who is going to complain about a Confederate flag. Who oh, isn't smart enough to know the difference between the Confederate flag and the Norwegian flag. I, I want, I want to see them watching the fucking winter Olympics, but like, Oh my God, the Confederate flag people <laughs> winning all these like cross country events. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew the South was that good at the biathlon. <laughs> Boy, them Southerners are really good at skating and, and long-distance skiing. They have this one where they shoot and ski. <laughs> I don't know why they're so done good at that done done ski jump there. I remember Cletus put his boy on a, on a ramp and just fired him right off there. God damn. <laughs> yeah, that's just bad. 
it's just bad. Like I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like as an American, that they represent America. Let's put it that way. That they're that ignorant and stupid to take it to that level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody could be having moments of ignorance or stupidity, but do a little research before starting to complain about stuff. I mean, it got so bad that people were just complaining about it, and then they. You know, the best if you want to just be angry, just go read the comments because this is a Fox News site article. Oh, is it? Oh yeah, lefties right? and yeah, oh, it's great. Oh god, you get more ignorance on top of ignorance. Then it's it's just a goddamn ignorance oh. black forest cake. Yeah, ignorance soup. Oh yeah, seriously, it's like ignorance jambalaya. <laughs> damn, 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 damn. I gotta, I gotta start looking at the flags and see what other ones look racist to me. I don't know that one looks racist to me. Yeah, it's France. That's ah, racist. That's right. Belgium, racist. There's white. There's a white line in the French flag. Racist. Why is there only one white line? That's racist. Yeah. I don't All know. right. Oh yeah. So I guess we're gonna wrap up the old podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We have the shop skibumpodcast.com slash shop all of the socials twitter instagram facebook at skibumpodcast we're also on untapped skibumpodcast and skibumpodcast brian please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcasting app stitcher spotify itunes etc we're also on youtube thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it and we'll talk to you guys next week stay high stay fluent see ya